0: Well, welcome, everybody. Um, This is another episode of Talk to Toe, and this uh, podcast is brought to you by a couple of grad students, as always, (laughs) science, curiosity, um, and just, you know, discussion on cool topics. So I'm joined today by a very special guest, Hamsa (laughs) Gowda. Hamsa, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) It's my first podcast.
0: I know. Well, hopefully we can calm the jitters a little yeah. bit. I know it's always a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like wracking, I, but it's
1: cool though, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've known each other for, I guess a couple years now too. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in the biomedical engineering program before I was, mm-hmm. um, but you were originally from Maryland, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I guess, let's talk about how you ended up here in California, <laughs> what that process was like. You went to the University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you study while you were at the University of Maryland?
1: So I, I, so I went to University of Maryland, in Baltimore County, just so no uh, like misconceptions with the College Park campus. I was at Baltimore County, and um, I was actually in a program called Meyerhoff Scholars Program, and they actually are like focused on um, helping essentially like underrepresented minorities like go on into grad school and stuff. And so I had applied and gone into it. For undergrad, and then basically done research in undergrad. And um, they didn't have like biomedical engineering specifically at um, UMBC, but they had like chemical engineering with the bioengineering track. Bio yeah, so I did research in a couple labs there, and I was like interested in medical devices and those things. So that's why I wanted to go to grad school for BME.
0: Okay, nice. So I guess when you were doing research in undergrad, like, what was that like was it also like part of the program or was it maybe something like extracurricular
1: um yeah so i think like the program mainly just encouraged you a lot to like get involved in research like they had a lot of the resources that would right. like, connect you with professors and like um like internships a lot of internships like uh i did one so one of the reasons why i applied to schools in california because i did an internship at berkeley one year and I really liked that. I didn't like the research at all but I liked California and like just the ambiance and like everyone was so nice and chill here so I was like I definitely need to come back here.
0: So I'm guessing you grew up in Maryland. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? I guess the East Coast is obviously different but yeah I grew up in California so I don't really have you yeah know, that experience but
1: um it was I don't know I think So to be honest, I kind of live in like semi the Irvine of Maryland, I would say. So that was not so much. I think like the demographic was definitely different than um, like SoCal area. But I think I was just super lucky. Honestly, growing up, I didn't um, I think I was like very sheltered in a lot of respects. So coming out here, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. and Yeah, I don't really have anything bad to say, but the winter sucked. I <laughs> am in a family with only two daughters So it was <laughs> me and my dad uh, and So but me and my sister are like nine years apart. So okay, so that's a pretty big yeah Yeah, so when she was like in college, I was like still in like middle school elementary school. So she, Like I guess she helped my dad shovel snow for like the first half <laughs> of her life and that I did so don't miss those things, but Right. Anyway, that's kind yeah.
0: of the recurring theme I hear from the East Coast yeah. is just snow days. I don't
1: miss I, I miss those. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But not the shoveling.
0: Not things. the shoveling part, just, no. yeah. Actually my mom went to Syracuse in New York. Uh, okay.
1: Oh, that's like legit.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. But it was also like the winters they were also crazy. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. all, like legit winter up. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like she was showing me pictures and like you literally just had like, you know Six feet of snow on top of a car or something. Yeah. It like, well, not taking a car today.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, they, there, they like don't give snow days for like just a couple inches, right? That's great. They. Yeah. That's great. Which is <laughs> mind boggling. But yeah, I guess they're just so used to it, but I can't do it. Nice.
0: So I guess when you were applying to grad school, mm-hmm. um, were you like pretty sure you wanted to do a PhD program or did you like apply to some master's programs and also some PhD programs?
1: Um, so. I guess like along with the the program I was in in undergrad, they like they definitely helped with that process too. So the main goal of that was to get you into grad school. So I kind of was pretty focused on that. Okay. Um, I didn't. I just like applied straight to PhD programs, and it was an interesting process. I think I applied to a lot of schools. I actually didn't get into a lot of them, which wasn't like obviously it's like disappointing at first, but then you're right. kind of like okay this is just how life is you know you're not going to get into everything um but when I came to visit UC Irvine I met Rachel Gerlin who's now graduated and doing amazing things but uh meeting her and then meeting the other rest of the grad students really what like made me want to come here actually um, Got it. just because I feel like they were really welcoming and the like like I said ambiance I don't know I'm very like <laughs>
0: community-focused. Yeah, so. that's something I really appreciate about UC Irvine, too. Um, even because like, even the faculty are very... Yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah, sorry, oriented. even them, too. They're yeah. so, like, relaxed, and, like, mm. you don't feel like you have to, like, I don't know, be on, I guess. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. you don't have to, like, be kind of this formality between you and, like, the professor.
0: Yeah, I can tell you that's definitely not the case yeah. UC Irvine.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. It's
0: very, like... It's definitely a different culture. I would okay. just say, yeah. <clears throat> but I think some people can do it, but I think long term, mm-hmm. it can wear down on you because, like, it's all like you have to do the expected thing. right? And, right. Like, yeah. You have to focus on your publications and like your research, and like that's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So there's know.
1: no like, would you say not a lot of um. I
0: would say there's less collaboration.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Uh, because of that, uh, I think because people try to protect their research areas. Yeah. So there's this weird thing in science, you know, how, like, some people, like, want to protect their research areas yeah. so that they get the publications. Yeah, and, for like, sure.
1: Which is, like, a yeah. weird thing to me, because I'm like, it's all just going... We all need to do it, and, yeah. Right, it's
0: just I going to know. the general body of science. Yeah. But, but some people care enough where they have to be like, oh, no, like, this is our area of research. Yeah. And, like, yeah, so, I don't know. But I guess when you're coming here and you were looking at labs, Mm -hmm. what was kind of your interest, like what in biomedical engineering really piqued your your interest and got you thinking about what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, um, so I think, so I did in undergrad, I worked kind of on like a medical device that the idea was to go into like a clinical setting. So that's what I wanted to do. I think like I was really focused on wanting to do something for like limited resource settings, devices where like you could be using it like in any you didn't need a lot to like make mm-hmm. it work essentially I just I, ha- I still feel like there's a lot of technology that we have in like in academia that is not utilized to its fullest capacity and um I was like I want to work on something that's like translational that like potentially could be like Utilized in the near future. I mean, I love I definitely like love basic research And I think that's like totally important, but I think my interest side more on the applications.
0: Okay, me. so like Yeah, it's definitely a problem the translation yeah. of The things we find out in research. How do you actually make it? Viable in a yeah. hospital for instance um, Yeah, have you I guess like what is your project now then I guess what how are you trying to address that?
1: Yeah, so I was interested, okay, I guess like medical devices and then I was like interested in microfluidics, which kind of, I guess minimizes or tries to transform like assays you do on the bench or things you do in the lab onto like a very um, autonomous device that you don't have to, you just like press a button or put yeah. like a solution in and then like it just takes care of everything.
0: So a microfluidic device is, for I guess people who are yeah, not yeah. answering, like what is a microfluidic device?
1: <laughs> um. Most basically I guess what the words are, so like micro, like very small, um on the micron scale. Uh you're dealing with very small amounts of fluid, so microliters, solutions. Um and ideally you kind of almost create a design that so it's on like a I guess it's on like a very It's on a small scale, but it could be different platforms. So Mm -hmm. I specifically actually work on something that's called centrifugal microfluidics. So I generally people know like the lateral flow um, chip, which is kind of like this rectangular chip that has like tubes going into it, and you inject a solution. Um, And the design of these chips are supposed to mimic the same things that like you could pipette a solution into a tube and like you know go up and down to mix it and. Maybe heated up to do like like a DNA amplification assay. So all those things are tried to like be mimicked onto this little platform, to then the end result being like the same thing you would get in the lab. Um, And so, what was I saying? What was the
0: (laughs) you wanted to go into? Yeah, (laughs) that's like what is your device? Oh yeah, okay.
1: uh, Right, my research. So yeah, I work on actually a centrifugal device, which is. Um, basically, you utilize the centrifugal forces and it works kind of like a CD. So, when you spin it, the fluid um, in your design kind of moves towards the outside. So, you build a design from the center to the outside, and you do the same thing as you would with that little rectangular chip, but you would do it on like a and circular, circular disk. Disc
0: yeah.
1: a... um, and so, my specific project is actually focused on not specifically like a biomedical application although it's like kind of related but I work with an environmental engineering professor um, as well and she's focused on like water quality and so the idea of my project is to leverage all these things that we've learned in the biomedical engineering field for like a water quality diagnostic essentially I see. Um, and so initially it was geared towards like going into these developing areas where they only have like Minimal sources of of water, like well water, like I guess if they have to go to the river or something, kind of like those, Mm -hmm. where you would just have to, um, you know, maybe take a sample, put it into this device that I'm making, and then it tells you like what the level of bacteria in that sample is. Got
0: it. So it's really like aimed at ensuring that you can quickly assess how like dangerous this water. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, does that require electricity, or does that like, like, how is is it a powered device or anything like that? Yeah.
1: So we made it sort of right now that it can be um, powered by a car battery. So oh, it has okay. like a cigarette lighter Pardon? plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's like aimed at having a low um, power need and mm-hmm. could be powered by a car.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, super interesting because like, there's definitely. I don't know if you ever talked to dr tang but he's also very big on like how do you take the medical stuff that we mm-hmm. have like because we have a lot of things in the hospitals here in america that yeah work very well but the thing is that we have an infrastructure supported like electricity yeah. and like you know in developing countries like that electrical source is like not as prevalent yeah so, like, there's a lot of battery powered things like people have tried solar obviously too yeah um but yeah that's really cool so like you're mostly looking at like how can you bring our current technology of like checking those bacteria yeah into a resource environment or yeah. a low resource environment i should say
1: yeah and i think actually now it's even more like the goal was that but i think we're realizing more and more that it can be used not only for those areas but even like you know wastewater treatment plants where they have to be kind of like monitoring their bacteria levels or like mm-hmm. um even like recreational though you know like because i think a lot of times people who check the ocean i don't know actually who they are but like if they monitor the ocean levels they're not going to be able to like they have to shut down the beach right and then tell people and then like be able to keep monitoring so like we've seen the other uses for the technology but it's still like we have to make it work for in order to be able to use it so okay so what
0: what is like one of the technical challenges that while you've been doing your research (laughs) you run into (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, um, I guess this is technical. So I guess usually when you're dealing with these microfluidic devices, um, the fabrication of it is very time consuming and um, it's not really practical salute, like it's not practical for like an industrial level device. Okay, um, I see. Device. And so... Is it just
0: because it's really small or is it like...
1: Um, so, like, it's, I guess it's not only that it's really small, but the the, the technical process to get to that device is uh, what I feel like is not something that you can really implement in an industrial setting. Like, um, I don't know, like if you're fam- familiar with like the lithography process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like that in itself, trying to explain that in itself is like, yeah, a takes thing. a long time. <laughs> yeah. So what we're trying to do with this is actually um, machine it on a machine called a computer numerical. What? Um,
0: computer numerical device or is it... CN... oh, CNC. Yeah. yeah, I can't oh, remember what okay. the last yeah. C is for now. Computer. I don't know what the acronym is either, because everyone just says CNC. Yeah. So I...
1: <laughs> and that's why I'm like, I should know this, but I can't. I can't remember the last word now yeah um but basically it's like a milling engraving into like plastic or whatever material so that's what we're trying to do now but the problem is that there are some features that are basically would be totally easy to do in the, the lithography process but are not easy to do in the cnc machining process so honestly that has been like the the like biggest technical challenge i mean it's not like scientifically a problem, but Mm -hmm. to be able to make that and then do experiments is just like why is this a problem? Yeah, because
0: the CNC gives you the speed, but not Uh, necessarily like that control. Yeah, and like the resolution you
1: want, exactly. Got it. So, um, that's been like probably the most frustrating thing is just getting reproducible things to be able to test. Mm. Um, Yeah, I would have to say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, I guess now that you're kind of Approaching the end of your (laughs) grad career, because you're planning to defend in next year. Is that the plan?
1: Hopefully, I'm gonna knock on wood. Don't don't (laughs) don't like marry me to this date. But yeah, hopefully, uh, that's what I'm aiming for. Okay, we'll see. That's
0: exciting. That's that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess like as you're looking towards that, um, are you thinking about moving more to the industry side or most the academic side?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I definitely want to do more industry. Right. Um, I I really want to be like not so much at the bench. In the next few years, I'm hoping, I want to be like a liaison between people who are working on the technology in the forefront and like, um, like being being a liaison between them and someone who can commercialize it. I feel like I want to get those products out there and not just like have it stay in like the university. Like it's okay. great that we think of all these things, but we need to like right get it out there.
0: So you're you're really focused on that translation aspect and, yeah. like um you're doing that that fellowship mm-hmm. right um what's it called?
1: So it's called uh now they changed the group a little bit. It's called Research Translation Group Fellowship, uh, and essentially it's like for grad students. Actually, like we've had some law students in it, too. So it kind of, like, combines a lot of the professional um, degrees. And so it basically gives you a chance to work with the people in the technology transfer, like, office um, at UCI. And you have to work at the Cove, which is pretty cool. And they're basically, like, the people who, you know, if your advisors have inventions, they submit some information to this office, and then they evaluate the technology and see whether... You know, there's ability to protect your IP or to maybe license it out, or if you want to start a company, like they kind of help with all of those transitions mm-hmm. and trying to do that. So, as like a fellow in the program, you get to read about those technologies and kind of like you're basically um, in the position to help summarize what the technologies are. So like the technical background that we have as like VMEs is like, I I didn't like realize it's very valuable. Like we can span a lot of different technologies yeah. and still like understand it and so it's been exciting because I just like didn't realize how much mo- how many things that professors are doing and like the <laughs> cool things like you don't realize cause you don't talk to anybody right yeah
0: sure you get kind of hold into your yeah and mm-hmm. so
1: it's like it's been really cool and just like that communication and being able to describe it in like a like you said like layman's terms it's very important <laughs>
0: So, so yeah, I guess you work with some law students, right? Or...
1: Uh, well, there has been so okay. I guess like in the program there's us and then there's kind of like our like supervisor manager people, and then there's also um, like the they're called licensing officers. So they're actually, I bet most people who have PhDs and also JDs um, really? okay. who work in the offices and so. They, like focus on different so some people will be more geared toward life sciences some people will be geared toward engineering but their backgrounds could be totally different and um, okay it's pretty interesting
0: yeah, yeah that seems really interesting like I guess what have you seen as like as you've seen these like research projects trying to be translated into yeah. the setting like what is the steps that they need to go through I guess and how do those steps sometimes not work out
1: (laughs) yeah so i think one of the most interesting things i found out was like i know there's well okay maybe it's just because i just don't didn't know it but i know that that there's like um the want to publish first and like get that information out there but if you really have an invention that you're um you really see as valuable and that can have like a commercial value you want to be able to like patent it before or like get that process started before you publish okay so i think a lot of professors may not know that and they like end up publishing and then backtrack and try to like patent and it's like it ends up not being as easy as if you were to just try it like seek out the office right when the idea sparks like even if you just have an idea you can still like fill out the information there's no you can pretty much do it at any time as the idea is
0: developing okay so it's more important to get that patent process started because does it take a long time?
1: takes like so long. There's multiple. There's multiple stages. It's like a lot of money, so. Okay. I have no idea how people, honestly, afford all of that.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> the university covers part of it, right? Yeah. If you're working at the university.
1: Yeah, but even then, so like even once you you know submit an application for uh to like get a patent approved, they then it goes to these um like it's called a patent examiner's office. And they essentially try to find every other piece of anything that's published, basically, that can go against your technology. So, and that can happen, like, a lot of times. Like, they can go back and forth between, like, us and them. And, like, you try to, like, revamp your application, then it goes back and back and forth. And so, like, if you can think about it, that timeline is not, like just like it, within a few weeks, it takes like months. Yeah. So...
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Which is also kind of hard when you're telling professors who also know that the publication process takes exactly, months yeah. to do that at first.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's like a first, um, uh, like a first kind of draft essentially that once that gets published, you can then, um... Publish, like you can do publications like within your group so that's kind of like nice okay. but you want to get that part done first yeah. interesting
0: okay that's good to know <laughs> <laughs>
1: so if you ever have an invention <laughs> just uh submit it first and yeah then... <laughs> well
0: it's interesting because like since we do so much uh, computational stuff like there's still a lot of up in the air on mm-hmm. what is patentable on computational. yeah products.
1: that's very true I, I'm not, like, as familiar with that, like, thing, but I know, like, software is one of those things where it's, like, copyright, right? Or, like... It's,
0: like, copyright to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, because there was, like, some weird thing where Oracle was trying to, like... They're the ones who made Java. Okay. Uh, or, like, the most used Java... Yeah. ...platform, and they were trying to sue a bunch of people because basically everything in the world... Yeah, like up until maybe the last five years, use some form of Java.
1: Right.
0: So they're trying to like get royalties from all these people who use Java. That's so. But I think that I think they yeah. ended up losing that legal battle because I don't exactly remember what happened to it, but I, d- I know it happened.
1: Yeah, I, I well. mean, it's like so hard. Like after a while, it just becomes like common, right? Like yeah. How do you protect it? Because like... it's
0: like, yeah, because it's like it's a programming language. Yeah. So it's like. The language itself is there, but then what people do with it is still kind of like their own. Yeah, exactly. Their own, like intellectual property, I guess. So yeah, that's a that's a weird one. I don't yeah. really know. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm so, just yeah. like
1: some. Yeah, some adventures will have like, oh, this may have like a software component, but mm-hmm. I guess it's just you know <laughs> they figure that out when they deal with that.
0: <laughs> hey everyone, hope that you're now aware that we have our podcast up on Spotify, Google Play, and also Apple Podcasts. Additionally, we started a YouTube channel and we'll be slowly improving our video content there So be sure to head over there just to like and subscribe Now back to the show Nice, so I guess the next thing I was gonna ask you um, was when you got involved in Graduate Association of Biomedical Engineering students like You're focused mostly on outreach. So mm-hmm. that's obviously something you're passionate about. Yeah um, Maybe like why did you get interested in that to begin with did you do that? In your undergrad also or
1: um yeah I think I I don't I would say I did more here than in undergrad but I think I was like definitely interested I like I mean I liked always you know talking to students and getting them excited I thought it was just like a like that nice fun thing to do um but I think as I like you know went through undergrad and now in grad school I kind of like I see what kind of impact it has on students like if they if they just know about it like know about any type of science and kind of like especially being um, like a a woman in STEM it's Mm -hmm. like I think it's encouraging for students I think that if I saw more I well okay so I think my background of being Indian there's like an already like okay you should go into something STEM (laughs) so that kind of wasn't like the issue there but I think if I hadn't had that, I don't know if I would have gone into, like, mm. engineering without seeing someone else, like, that was, like, me doing the same thing, um, but, yeah, I just, I feel like everyone should have the opportunity to at least, like, know about it, and, you know.
0: Know that it's an option. Yeah,
1: know that it's an option, and... I think like not everyone has that opportunity, so just being able to say like, Hey, you can do this and but if you don't have to, but it's <laughs> an <this> option.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: is important. And like I think it gives us a chance to just explain our research on a like very basic level and we need more of that, honestly. I think scientists yeah. kinda of suck at that. So <laughs> Yep,
0: yeah. you know. That's what we're trying to work on. Um I definitely also am a big prop- proponent of communication. Yeah. Like, clear communication. Obviously, not always the best of that, <laughs> but still still learning. Um, I guess, like, when you're talking to friends and family about your research, mm-hmm. like, what is the general response they um, give you when you, like, tell them about your research?
1: They think it's very impressive and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I don't really know <laughs> <laughs> I guess because I'm just, like, in it, you know. Yeah. You just don't realize, like, you know what it really means and then it kind of inspires you I think like when you talk to them you're like oh wow I think maybe yeah, I'm actually doing something important and then yeah you are <laughs> if you will... <laughs> I mean but when you know when you're stuck in the lab and you're just like oh I just want this experiment to work and you don't really think about like the That's bigger true. picture it it uh it, it's easily you can get easily um disappointed and like just be like why am I doing this like what's the point?" And yeah. So, yeah.
0: You do hit um, a lot of red blocks. Yeah. In the grad. Program.
1: Yeah. And I think like everyone when I like when I talk to my family and stuff, they're just like, Oh, when are you graduating? When are you doing this? I'm like, eventually when my project works, so I'll <laughs> hopefully leave.
0: But Yeah, it's always the weirdest one to answer. People are like, Oh, like when are you gonna be done? I was like Two I don't know. to three <laughs> yeah. to four years. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like
1: I think that should just be like on our foreheads, like don't ask about graduation. Yeah it's like honestly I mean I know they're just they're asking out of like mm-hmm. you know they want us to do something after but it's like it's crazy <laughs> yeah I did have though like I went home um, in July and my parents had like this like kind of gathering up at, at our house and some of the like, some of my um, parents' friends, they were asking me, like, super intense questions about my research, and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> they were scientists themselves, uh, okay. so they were, like, asking me, and I was like, oh, my God, let me go talk to over here where they don't know about
0: it. Yeah, so they're just, like, roasting you. Yeah. Almost like your dissertation. Yeah, it's chance.
1: like, okay, I'll, I'll send you the invite when it happens. Yeah. Oh, man. What about you? Like, do, like, how does it...
0: Yeah, I think it's... I try to really avoid telling people that I'm doing... Like, I try to avoid using the word PhD. Mm, Or,
1: like,
0: I just say grad school. (laughs) (laughs) Just because, like, sometimes it's easier not to have to go into explaining everything I do. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But I've gotten pretty good at, like, boiling it down to, like, I'm doing research in cancer and how genetics work in cancer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, like... That's usually where I leave it at, and if people are more interested in I'll talk to to them about it. But um, yeah, I think even with my parents, like my mom went to grad school. Um, She was chemical engineering. Okay. So, um, but she like never really talked about...
1: I think we all just like suppress our like...
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think... Yeah, because she came to America and did grad school again, because she did grad school in in China.
1: Oh wow, And and then did it again?
0: Yeah, because back then, like a Chinese degree was like basically worthless. Oh my god, that's in, like in America. So, so well, she
1: more power to your mom though. I mean, yeah, was, like so frustrated. Yeah,
0: so she actually didn't finish her doctorate at Syracuse. She okay. like went in as a doctor and then like got the master's and was like, you know what, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it so worked. like because yeah.
1: you did it already once. It's like
0: yeah, so yeah, she. <laughs> She, I, I did ask her maybe a couple months ago, like what her research was, and oh. she was like, "Oh, it's basically useless." So <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, "That must be how all grad students feel." <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just
1: so like, "Oh, I don't want to think about it. It's happened in the past." <laughs> yeah.
0: So even when I talk to my parents, sometimes like it's a little bit difficult because they were both engineers, which is like why I was kind of like expected to do yeah, engineering yeah, too. Like sure. I'm sure yeah. you understand that, but. Their engineering was, like, way different than what I'm doing now, you know, because my dad was civil, so he was was more, like, you know, well, he started out structural, but now he does traffic engineering. Okay. So a lot of his is, like, statistics about how do you improve. Yeah,
1: like, optimization problems. Yeah, optimization
0: problems. And then my mom, she's, like, basically just doing chemistry stuff now. Got you. Okay. So, yeah, so, I don't know. It's definitely interesting.
1: But even, like, within, like, you can even see, even within STEM, there's, like, so much that we just don't there's a lot of cross (laughs) yeah
0: there's a lot of cross disciplinary stuff areas that you're just like wow I never knew that existed
1: it's interesting
0: I guess in your time here what's like been the most surprising thing about grad school that you weren't really expecting
1: the I feel like honestly like the mental um the mental journey (laughs) sounds really dramatic but I think like In undergrad Mm -hmm. I so I did chemical yeah I told you I did chemical engineering for my undergrad but I think like I was just so focused on like um like in school you're just focused on the assignments you focus on the tests like I didn't feel like I ever had time to just breathe and like take time and I feel like in grad school it feels like we don't have don't have time but we do like there's a lot of Talks you have with yourself and you know, like alone, yeah. And I just don't think I had that in undergrad. And I was like, whoa, like, why do I feel like this is impossible for me to like? I don't know, it's just different, right? Yeah, like, I totally relate to that though. It's, yeah, I just didn't think it was, it would be as mentally draining, but also equally like exciting and yeah i don't i did not expect the mental part of it (laughs) or the emotional part of it at all i think i just thought oh okay another school another degree like i Mm -hmm. can do this um yeah and i i totally understand why like it's hard as like anything so i don't know i commend everyone that's like going through it and
0: yeah well i i definitely understand now too i think it's like you definitely have those days you're like wow, this is super cool I'm doing. And then you have these days where, like, I don't want to talk to anyone because I don't know what just happened yeah. this week. Yeah, <laughs> <Am> I- <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And, like, I, yeah, that's why one thing I've tried to do, I think, like, my fourth year was probably, like, the most mentally exhausting for me. And I just, like, tried to, like, find other avenues to be, like, okay, this is not the end of the world if I don't, like, you know... If this part of my project doesn't happen like I think trying to maybe find other avenues and not focus so much on on school and on that one thing that you're thinking about is like is also something I learned Mm -hmm. like like I said in undergrad I was just so focused and
0: yeah it's also like the pace of undergrad is a little bit different yeah it's like and it's also very clear what you're supposed to do
1: Yes, exactly. There's an end goal. Like, I realize one thing is I need deadlines. <laughs> grad school is not anything like deadlines. So being accountable for yourself is like a huge. I don't know something you have to learn or something that you yeah. have to just like cope with. Um, so yeah, I think like just the mental and it gives you time to like learn about yourself a lot. Um, I don't know if you feel similar. Yet. I mean, yeah. I know you're just starting third year but yeah do you feel like
0: i mean yeah definitely i think i've learned what i need to do to keep myself like motivated i think yeah um and also like i do i have like very much appreciated like the like knowing that like you need to be doing this with other people like you can't just do it on your own like that's just not gonna work yeah you know um because I think there is, like, kind of this tendency, especially the first year in grad school, everyone's like, oh, I'm just here again, I'm going to, like, do it yeah. myself. But, like, that's a terrible way. Yeah, I <laughs> know, that, no,
1: for 100%, like, it's just, it's impossible. You need you need to, like, depend on other people and learn from them, and that's that's a really good thing.
0: Yeah. Right, who's, like, I guess, now that you've kind of gone through most of grad school, like, who have been those people for you and, like... I guess if you had advice for people who are thinking about grad school or like just starting grad school, what would you say to them?
1: Um, I would say that get involved. Like I think honestly like being in games and being in other things like that has motivated me to keep going in grad school. I think it's just like you need other people that you can vent to, you can like do fun things with, and, like, who keep you sane, whether that is be people in grad school or people, like, outside mm-hmm. and just doing stuff, um, and uh, don't forget about your physical and mental health, I think that's, like, like, if everything just goes to, sh- to like, crap, then, like, what else do we have other <laughs> than our physical and mental health, so I think I'm realizing that more and more, and... I would just say, like, be excited about your project, but know that, like, this is not the end-all, be-all for, like, what you're doing. Like, there's stuff beyond, like, that'll happen after. And I know this sounds... I don't know why I'm getting, like, this is so emotional type of response, but I don't know. I think, like, more than the project itself, it gives you... It's nice because it gives you a lot of time to learn about yourself, but also just don't forget about all those other things because, like that'll only fuel how um, how much you can put into your project yeah if that makes sense like I feel like you That's can true. be a better producer when you're like taking care of yourself um, actually there's a book called I don't know if you've read it um, uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People
0: okay and that it sounds vaguely familiar yeah but... it's
1: like a. I mean I would definitely recommend the book it's kind of like basically says like you need to like focus on on you and like give yourself whatever you need to be a better producer because if you Mm -hmm. don't then you're just gonna produce like
0: mediocre stuff stuff. (laughs) exactly like yeah
1: and if people are depending on you and then you produce that then you're just gonna continue like not being your best self and then like producing crap so i don't know i think (laughs) (laughs) that helped me a lot (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so like how did you uh or how's how like your support network been while you've been in grad school? Like, what has that been like? Because like, I feel like it's definitely important to have people like outside of grad programs. So like that's kind of like one part of your support network. But then there's like the support network within grad school also. So I guess who have those people been and like what have you learned from um, them?
1: <laughs> I mean, all you guys engaged for sure. I mean, in grad school, yeah. All like people in my lab are great I think they are like um, they're very supportive and they like help you out whenever you need but like like you said you need people outside so if you like Gabe's um, I'm also in like a, the Association for women of women I'm not sure about <laughs> of science um, and they've been really helpful just to like have a community of like other women um, and actually now we did like a mentorship program and they have like um basically female mentors who are kind of at different stages of their career and it's nice because it's like not a formal setting you know i think sometimes when you have like this mentorship programs it becomes like this formal thing right where you have to be like
0: i've definitely seen like very well done mentorship programs and just like some very botched yeah
1: (laughs) and it's like you don't want to have to be like interviewing with your you know it's like it should be someone you can talk to and that's actually really helped in the sense of just talking about like random things or like asking about career help or just being like I don't know like just everyday things that you Mm. may not be able to talk about with other people um my family has been super supportive they're in Maryland and I think like it I think it has helped me be much more independent being here and being away from them because in school I only lived half an hour. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, yeah, they they are just, like, always there, which is great. And they're very supportive. Um, My boyfriend, Neil, he's, like, Mm -hmm. amazing. I think having someone that he's, like, still in science, STEM-ish, but he's not, like, in our – on research. And so, like, when I talk to him about the problems, he's always just, like – you know don't worry about it it's gonna be okay and I'm just like you're right like it's gonna be okay (laughs)
0: yeah
1: and I think like just having someone be like dude you'll be fine like this is not the end of the world um has helped a lot so one thing is don't isolate yourself
0: yeah for sure
1: I think like having um yeah I think that's why I like going to Gabe's events so much and I'm a fifth year and I'm still going to all these events because I just like I really like the community you know Um, and I don't want to lose that and I think it'll help after I can be I can come to alumni events
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course like I was I mean I was talking to Dad uh, in the last podcast about mm-hmm. like yeah about talking to the first years and hopefully getting them more yeah support and involvement in that too because I think that definitely helped I mean like our year out a lot, Um, and, like, a lot of us are pretty close friends now because of that, and that's a lot to do with games, obviously, so.
1: I mean, I think, like, so in my undergrad, um, the program I was in was very heavily, like, community-based, like, Mm. we were, we had to go through this, this um, thing, or the summer before my, our freshman year, and it was called Summer Bridge, and it was six weeks of, like, the most intense thing I've ever been through in my life, like, really? we would it's uh, like i said it's very family oriented so basically the idea is that if one person uh is like late or if one person is like like i don't know i don't want to say misbehave that's a weird word but like <laughs> does something bad then like everyone it affects everyone and everyone okay. gets punished basically <laughs> so it was that mentality of like you have to like communicate you have to get the you know you have to be one Family yeah, and so I think that's and I like and now all of my friends are like in grad schools or like are finishing up And like we all like still get together when we you know holidays come around And it's just it's so nice that you can just go back to those people and I want the same thing for grad school I want to be able to like mm-hmm. go out and then come back to you guys and just be like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. how's everything <laughs> Going so I don't know. I think that's just stuck with me and I really like value that a lot
0: nice Yeah, I never do you think that that community aspect is like I think a lot of people are missing that in grad school especially yeah. but also just like even when you're at work sometimes like that's probably why people leave jobs yeah. so because it's just like
1: <laughs> it's like the culture right? Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. It, it is important because if you don't have that you don't really have like a functioning team
1: for sure so. I think that's super important like I mean you, you may not like everyone like you may not like right, everyone yeah. in your family but, right, but like, <laughs> um, you need to at least have their back and mm-hmm. like just be willing to like stick your head out for them when they need it and they'll probably do do it to you when you need it
0: yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree that's like super it's been super nice to have that and like um yeah I mean we don't do that many social events <laughs> but so we try right yeah I mean I think it's yeah. like
1: it's it's just nice it's like I know it sounds so small but even as small as just like being like, hey, Chris, like, can you help me with this coding thing? I have a problem. Like, yeah. I can just go to you and it wouldn't be a problem. But mm-hmm. I think, like, I feel like unfortunately not a lot of people get involved enough where they have the ability to do that. And then they suffer because they're like, oh, I can't get this to work. And then people will be like, have you asked anybody? And they'll be like, no.
0: Yeah. And it's that just did, like, that no. a lot. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, it's kind of your problem because you didn't make an effort to... Anybody else?
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's also like important to follow up on that too, because I think sometimes like we do ask people in other labs, oh, okay, you know this and this. Yeah. But it's really easy for things to get busy, and you just never follow up either. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think like knowing that you like have that is one thing, but you also need to make sure that
1: you maintain when, that. Yeah, when yeah. you ask that,
0: ask for that, you maintain that, and you like. Continue that. Yes, exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. Man. Grad <laughs> school. It's great. <laughs> yes. That's like a great I, said, time. I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think you're going to stay on the West Coast after graduating, or um, would you prefer to go back closer to your family?
1: I don't know. I think, like, it's like mixed emotions. I feel like it would be awesome to be near my family again, mm-hmm. um, but I also really like. I just, I love California. Like, I, just, I feel like it's going to be really hard for me to move anywhere else. <laughs> Honestly, I just think there's a hey, lot we're, of opportunities. We're to have <laughs> I think the opportunities and just like the, I don't know, the culture out here is just, there's more focus on things that I value. And like, I think. I wouldn't say this place has turned me into an outdoorsy person but i'm definitely on my way there <laughs> um
0: yeah we do plan. have that that nice aspect we can go outside no matter yeah. what time here
1: i feel like it's really important like even just um like going for walks like in the winter like it's not even like that's not you can't even do that on the <laughs> east coast you know i think that's important to, yeah so
0: what are some of your favorite spots around Irvine I guess in like the area Orange County
1: um I really like Laguna Beach I think it's a great spot honestly all, I feel like all of my places are like revolved
0: around food <laughs> <laughs> no that's I'm totally on board with that too like food is great <laughs>
1: yeah um I don't know I think like Costa Mesa has a lot of good food places okay. um I like UTC is probably like my number one <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad but I'm pretty much there like two or three times a week.
0: Okay, what is your, like, go-to, I guess? go-to
1: at, um, Chick-fil-A.
0: Chick-fil-A? Sure. Okay, yeah.
1: Probably number one, um, and then number two is Ray's Pizza. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, too. Yeah. I mean, I know Chick-fil-A is everywhere, but it's, like, I never <laughs> had it that close to me, like, ever. Yeah. And so, um...
0: Yeah, that's true. I see it growing up, like, my... Because I grew up in a kind of small town in California, like, we didn't really have Chick-fil-A for a while. Yeah. Like, years. <laughs>
1: That's crazy, I don't even know, like, I don't even know where the one, oh, actually I do, but it's like 15 minute drive, I'm not gonna drive, I don't know, I don't think I would drive 15 <laughs> minutes, maybe now I would.
0: Yeah, now that you're, you've yeah. been driving around a lot. But
1: yeah, but, know. um, yeah, I would say those two are like my number one ETC target, is like, <laughs> always in my heart, you can't go to Target and not buy anything, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, that target is dangerously convenient. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't
1: have everything you you need, but yeah. it's enough.
0: It does have that nice little like walkout check it checkout thing in yeah. the back too, which is like super super quick. so. Yes,
1: super convenient.
0: Definitely designed for people <laughs> in college. Oh yeah, like, I was like well playing <laughs>
1: when when everyone was coming back. Like, I had never seen it so packed um, when all the undergrads. Were yeah, coming. I just
0: avoided that entire area <laughs> when school study because that was like, a good idea the academic year i was like oh that, that's gonna be yeah. a mess
1: even now it's like super packed like just in general utc i yeah. liked it when there was nobody there. yeah it was nice when the <laughs> undergrads not <went> there
0: <laughs> where's uh i just have you done some like exploring la
1: um a little bit i, I like santa monica santa okay it's yeah. like really nice um Honestly, the traffic is what defers me. I know LA (laughs) would be, like, so cool to just go on, like, a weekly basis, but the traffic is, like... Yeah, it's pretty Too much. I went to the Getty Museum this summer, which was really cool. I've never been there before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great
0: museum. I went there with my girlfriend, like, maybe three weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really nice.
0: Yeah, it's a great... And they also have, like, rotating exhibits, too. Yeah, I went
1: to, like... um, I think it was called like the Beast Myst- Mystical Beast okay or something it was pretty interesting yeah I liked it a lot um, It's got kind of a
0: nice little like view of LA it's too it's so pretty yeah
1: I was like why haven't I come up here before <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah because like a lot of people don't know like it's like right there it's yeah. kind of like it's right next to the freeway but it's kind of up on that hill and yeah
1: like... it's in a very random place but the great views yeah yeah so yeah I went there um I think I like San Diego better than LA Mm -hmm. just because I don't know I think it's just more chill (laughs) not so much traffic
0: yeah LA is hectic yeah very hectic yeah like I don't think I would be back there now.
1: <laughs> where, so you, where, Because uh, you... I went to,
0: uh, I went to UCLA. Right.
1: Did you live, like, where did you live? I LA? lived
0: right off campus, which is, like, right off the 405 near okay. that, Uh, so it's Wilshire exit, which is, like, just south of the Getty. Oh, okay. So, actually, like, from where I lived to the Getty, is probably, like, a 10, 15-minute drive. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so, yeah, but even then, like, I was in college, I didn't really go there that much, because, I was just super busy, but yeah, even that area is like massively congested during yeah. pretty I don't much know every how day. People like
1: drive. I don't even know.
0: <laughs> you get really assertive in driving, <laughs> but you get really good at it.
1: <laughs> That's con- like good to know, but also concerning. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like it's kind of like everyone mutually knows these like new set of rules yeah you know like
1: and they're just like it is what it is yeah, these are
0: the rules they're not necessarily the laws that you're supposed to follow but they're <laughs> the rules of la driving right oh my god yeah so like I... red light if you're in the intersection during the red light you're good as long as you made it there during the yellow oh my <laughs> so god. it's like yeah people are people are terrible at intersections but Yeah, Yeah, it
1: scares me, honestly. Like, I, even, like, the freeways just, when I, like, started driving, I was so freaked out. Because it's just, like, so many lanes.
0: Yeah, what was your perspective on, like, the freeways in California when you got here?
1: It was huge. The one thing I really like though, which is kind of weird, is that, like, you can just see, like, mountains. And you can, like, see the landscape. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess on the East Coast, like, most of the East Coast, everything is just, like, wooded. Like, on the sides of the roads, it's just, like, trees. Oh, okay. And so, like, you're just focused on what's in front of you, which is more trees. But I never
0: thought about that, yeah.
1: It's, like, super nice. Like, you just... It's... I don't know. I value the drive, like, the landscape much more now that I, like, can see it. Um, But it was scary. I think, like... Yeah, like you said, people are more aggressive, so I wasn't really used to that. So I kind of just stay in the most right lane because I'm <laughs> super slow. <laughs> I'm a very uh, cautious. That's better. The cautious. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's,
0: that's significantly better. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I tend to stay in that lane. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say that people don't check their blind spots in Orange County though.
1: Yeah, they just like, right. won't even like give a signal and just be like, boom. I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> it's
0: a little bit concerning. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've, talked a lot and nice. <laughs> yeah thanks for this your time fun. yeah hopefully we can do this again at some point maybe once you're out of <laughs>
1: give you the out of grad school yeah, perspective yeah just the low down
0: I mean we, I learned a lot from you obviously and like you've been ahead in the journey so like I'm always down to hear <laughs> from people who are like further down the, the grad path because
1: yeah. I'm happy to help just yeah. <laughs> if I can give you advice it's, everything will keep going So don't worry yeah that's Um, true yeah i don't want to be that i think as you um when i like first came and i was like talking to like fifth years and sixth years you're like they're like don't go or like just run and i'm just like (laughs) what are you talking about but i think like i can understand their perspective now but i don't think the like telling those students if they're kind of already on that track to just go is kind of like the best way to go about it Yeah, I think it's more just like telling them what you learned and how that can help them in the future mm. yeah
0: that makes sense yeah. well do you have any uh, plugs or <laughs> anything like um, that do you do social media at all not really kind of
1: no not really um, I don't know Gabe's I think, yeah Gabe's and yeah. um Put a plug for Association of Women in Science. Um, it's a growing community on campus. Nice. <laughs> uh, and yeah, if you're not part of Gaves and begin me, join. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So hopefully, if there's any first years listening, please come out. Yes. Uh, we have fun things, and we can help you hopefully.
1: <laughs> yes, we're awesome. Nice. Um. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. Talks with Toe is written and produced by Chris Toe. Be sure to like and subscribe to Talks with Toe on Spotify, and also give us that 5-star rating on iTunes. Also, be sure to go to YouTube and subscribe to Talks with Toe. Music is by Purple Planet. You can visit their website at purple-planet.com.